Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please welcome Jamie Akhtar to the stage. Hello, hello. So we're going to hear um, a few stories here. First, I'm going to start off with my own personal story, a little bit about me and my background, how I came to create CyberSmart. Also, a little bit about what we do as a company. But before we get into all that, I spent the last 15 years basically working in technology and cyber. Either building technology products, running tech teams, or helping companies do all the fun stuff around data protection. In reality, it's more like I spent 10 years figuring out what I want to do in the last five actually building it. So I've never actually been employed. I've never worked for anyone. I think I'm probably unemployable. Probably a lot of us are unemployable in this room, actually. And I think that's really where my story starts, is like trying to figure out like what it is we want to do as a company. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our kind of journey, some of the lessons we learned along the way, some of the, the pitfalls on there too. Um, firstly, starting off with the first first uh, four years of that journey. So like a lot of it I found was like about self-discovery. It's like figuring out what is my role as a CEO, as a founder, um, like where do I want to take this company? And then I'm going to touch a little bit on product market fit, but not a huge amount. There's been some amazing presentations already around that today. Um, but really want to dive into kind of what this journey looks like. I mean, someone already, I showed this presentation yesterday, someone that I was like the hero story, you know, like you've got your trials and then it all goes well at the end. I think this is more, and I, I like to fix stuff, but it's not about fixing you. It's really about showing you where I went wrong along the way and how I, how I basically ultimately resolved that stuff. Um, the key takeaway, the number one thing is this isn't about like grow facts or techniques or some kind of magical trick that's going to double your revenue. It's really about starting with like inspiration and motivation within your team, having a really clear idea about where you want to take the company and using that to basically build the people around you that are going to drive your company forward. So that's kind of the core message I want you to take away from today. So here we go starting out me and my co-founder 2016 um as you might have guessed i'm from london so staring in the london sky every every founder looks like this you know so like like just gazing into what you could achieve etc no longer my co-founder i'll come on to talk to that about uh, in a few minutes anyway um but essentially it's about like looking out starting out with like what's your job your number one job as a company and i used to think my number one job was essentially building an amazing product like just build a kick-ass product that's going to solve this really big problem and it's going to like change the world like steve jobs said put a, sti a ding in the universe and like i was that that's what motivated us and it was like okay we're just going to build the best product anyone's ever seen uh, and there's us at the google campus one one of their accelerators and obviously you know it's not it's not as simple as that 
And someone, uh, actually one of our first investors, um, gave, gave me this piece of advice. They said, your, your job as a founder is to raise money and hire good people. Obviously, they're investors. They want you to take their cash, so this is why they're saying it. But ultimately, it's about, like, okay, you just got to get loads of cash in the bank, hire good people, and then that's it. You're going to build a great company. Um, this is as a recent, recent event, so a bunch of great people. Obviously, it's a bit more than that. So my kind of working definition is you've got to be able to set the vision where your company is going. And this is something that's constantly in flux as well. You've not got to get the cash and raising money doesn't mean from investors. You can get cash from lots of sources. Um, customers is always the best, but also you have other options too. And then hire the good people. Um, but obviously, anyone that's been on this journey will know that there's something that happens before that. Um, and we heard about it yesterday. And Todd was talking about this, doing unscalable things. And that's, you've got to do everything before you hire any of those good, good people or raise the money. So you're kind of like on this journey, figuring out what you're going to do. So your, your, your first role really as a, a founder is to get to product market fit. Now I had, I had like a bunch of slides on product market fit, like loads and loads of stuff, loads of good content. I'm happy to share it around afterwards, but I've cut it down to just a couple, couple pieces. Um, so I can talk a little bit more about team and leadership. Um, so obviously there's been a bunch of graphs that look like this, like here's our revenue growth, all this stuff. I don't think it really actually te it tells you the square root of nothing about how we got there, what the journey looked like really. It's, you know, the trials and the tribulations you go through as a founder to achieve this is, um, is completely different. So we, we talked a lot about like, you know, things to get you there, but I think the core here is like looking at what really happened. So I'm going to take you through rewind like six years ago. Um, so like, in the first year of the company, or one thing you'll, you would have noticed, and you can just see it, is the first year of the company is not even on that chart because we didn't have a product or any customers. We spent the first year like figuring out what we wanted to do, like throwing ideas against the wall. We're going to launch like a cyber subscription box, and now that's such a silly idea. But like it was just a bunch of random ideas. But then we started to like get out there, refine our idea, talk to people about it, trying to assess if there's any demand for what we're trying to build. Um, so that's kind of where we really started with like hunch and insight and trying to figure out like, is this really a problem worth solving? Um, then we built an MSP. So an MSP is like a better version of an MVP, a minimum sellable product. So like instead of trying to build something that does technically what you want it to achieve, try and build the first thing that you can get in the hands of a customer and start charging them for it. Because then you're really going to learn whether or not it's delivering value for their customer. Might not be possible for everyone, like if you're in deep tech or something, but for many of us in B2B SaaS or um, B2C SaaS, you can build stuff pretty quickly that you can start selling. So we were working on this um, on a very iterative approach, um, but essentially like, you know, it was, it was pitching by day and building by night. Like I would just work every day, every night, every weekend building the product. Um, Rory was in our office at the time um, and he probably saw me like working every single day um, that was sent. And, but like, it was just a case of like learning really quickly and, and iterating. And I think that's kind of the key to that early stage. Um, so that's what our journey looks like. And every story told in hindsight is like almost linear. And it's like, it looks like this nice graph that like flows from one stage to another. In reality, it's just like a shit show, you know, like you've got my co-founder leaving there. You got like firing a bunch of the team. You got like replacing half of the company, not being able to, to raise cash, like almost running out of cash. Um, all that kind of crazy stuff happens. But you know, when you look back, it kind of looks, looks kind of, kind of neater. Um, and this is really just the first four years. I'm going to come on, talk about uh, leading through some more challenging times um, once you've reached these stages. So this is kind of like your your first job as a founder is getting to, to that stuff. Um, so 
couple of bits. So these are like ones that are left in on the product market fit. Um, just maybe they could be helpful for people. So it, with our product, we got to this point where it was like basically not delivering the value that we wanted to for our customers. And, and we tried lots of different stuff like, oh, maybe it's the people, maybe it's like the way we're presenting the product, maybe it's the marketing, maybe it's the sales. One of the things I found was really helpful for us is to do like this product um, maturity assessment. So it's kind of like, I thought our vision was super clear and obviously was in my head, but not to everyone else in the company that were building the product. So um, we did this, we had someone come in and they just basically did a quick assessment and provided us this. And it gives a good idea of what we needed to move towards. So if you haven't done something like this and you're trying to figure out like where to take your product, it can be a good, good lens to look through. Um, the other thing we did um, that helped us to, with the product market fit piece is talking to our customers, really simple questions. We've done a lot more since then, but these were two that we started with. Um, they're basically like, how how happy are you with the, the current product and how happy would you be with it if it got removed? So those, those are pretty good kind of calibrations and saying, asking obviously why, what what is the value that you see? Um, but the other really interesting data point was the team. Um, so we, we ran a, an OKR cycle that had weekly um, confidence reporting in there. So here's like one of our uh, ones towards the end of 2020. And you see that, I, I think this actually indicates we're, and you'll see on the next slide, we're actually doing really well at this time. But the goals we were setting ourselves were just pushing uh, the team just enough that they had to be outside their comfort zone, um, but not to the level. I mean, I'd like more, more greens on there, but this is how the team personally reflect on their own progress. And you can see this is through 2020. You can see like 2020 is where we started to, to tick up. So this is our most important metric. It's the number of people that we're protecting with our, our platform. So um, you see there through that 2020 period is actually when we started scaling the business, but people still didn't yet feel confident. And that came over time as they started to settle into to the value we're delivering to our customers as well. So you see there again, another really straight linear, this looks so predictable type graph. Um, obviously, the reality is just completely different. Um, I love this this graphic because it's kind of like it does describe the journey of being in a startup, especially when you're in this middle bit and you're just like, "What the hell's going on?" Like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Am I going left or right? Are we are we delivering value? Are we doing are we hiring the right people? You just kind of question everything. And to be honest, we're not on that right side. We're still on the left side, so we're still like squiggling around somewhere. Um, it's a non-linear journey, I think is, is the important thing. Um, and the second is also PMF is not, product market fit is not a solid, it's not like a destination you get to and you're done. Like your, your product is constantly evolving, your customer's evolving, the market is changing. All, all that stuff is evolving, right? So even if you think you're close to that, it's gonna, you're gonna have to continue to level up and change your view of the world. Um, and if you're trying to create a category, you are the one who are cha changing that definition as well. So a couple of bits there around PMF. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the startup odds and um, this stuff is either gonna be like terrifying or quite exciting, but like you look at some of the, these failure rates of startups and I guess the first thing is great that everyone's here, this is good. We all made it through at least one of these stages. So like, this is um, can be a really scary thing to look at, but I think it's something we all need to like face, uh, look into that chasm and face, and we need to understand what could happen to make us fall off our path. So I've got some startup 
stats here. This is quite an interesting thing. I think it's called autopsy, startup autopsy. So I analyze all the reasons. So I'm just going to talk mostly about the first one, um, which is about the team stuff. And I actually, I would change that definition because if you're a founder, not having the right team is 100% your fault. Like you, you are, you've got to hire the right people. You've got to lead them. And so not the right team is a bit of a weak excuse for you failing. Um, in my opinion. So I think we're going to dive a bit more into that and how, how you can create the right people and the right team around you as well. Um, but after those two two graphs, then just stay positive, I think, is is another big takeaway. Um, like when you're, you're one person, when you're five people, 50 people, 500 people, just stay super positive. So three, three quick tips, last bit of this section, um, and things that I do personally. So this is the kind of wrap up of my personal stuff. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. So number one, laser focused. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us have this like super focus anyway, you need it to be a founder, but just identifying stuff that isn't working for you or that we all have that extra stuff that we're doing on top of the core activities, just like stripping that out, super important. Um, probably the number one, and you'll hear about this throughout this presentation is around the resilience. So um, within here, I think there's, there's probably three pra more practical things you can do, because obviously just like grow thick skin isn't, isn't an actionable. Um, the first one is putting you and your team outside their comfort zone. And you see those OKRs are a good way of doing that. But just like, you know, putting people in more senior positions, giving them more responsibility than they used to. The second, I think, is taking difficult decisions as early as you know you need to take them. Like deferring decisions is like a killer for businesses. And the, the more you take them, the more uh, the more resilient you become as a company and the last one is something you should embed in your culture and that's build a culture that is willing uh, and embraces failure and if you do these things you tend to grow thicker skin over time or that's what we found at least but the most important one is taking others on the journey and i think that's the thing that's really going to drive you through all the challenge and the struggle and the strife because if you're sitting there and you're trying to run this company alone, it's just you, your vision, and you are the driving force, like pretty soon you're either going to run out of steam or you're going to hit a block that you can't overcome yourself. So like bringing others with you on that journey, like at the start, those four of us, we paid everyone 500 pounds a month. That's like 600 bucks. That was our, we call it pocket money. That's how we started the company. And then we all had 25K salaries for like a year. So like get creating that early camaraderie and like the fact that we were trying to do something for a purpose is really, really important to keep us going. And obviously since then, a uh, lot, lot of negative stuff so far. So anyway, some good, some good stuff. Just enjoy the journey along, along the way. Like do fun events, team events, whatever. I'll talk a bit about remote stuff in a, in a minute as well. Um, so we're going to whiz through some of these last bits, but these are where we're going to get on some of the content. Um, 
So the last two years have been like absolute hell. Like for us, I'm sure from loads of people in the room, like three things here, and this one's like incoming, the recession one. Um, but like, that's awesome that we're all standing here and we've made it to this far, um, but we've still got a little bit more to go. So I'm gonna start firstly talking about the pandemic and how that was a, a good chance for us to pivot. And I think any, any massive, you know, change, societal change like this is a good chance to reflect on like what it is you're doing. Um, so for us, that, that meant like it was such a bad time because like our team were, were all in the office and they were working from home. So all the communication broke down. Our customers were like, we, like the deal times went up and like our churn rate, we were worried about that. And our, our product didn't really fit the need for what, what people needed at that time. So like we were, we were basically flapping around. We didn't have any idea about what we we're gonna do. So we used this as a chance to pivot. And the, the key to that was really around like clear communication. Cause if we didn't communicate clearly, we would run out of cash and fail. So it's like, okay, this is what we gotta do. Um, so here's one of the slides we used, which was kind of like, okay, we've got to switch gears. We had like a bunch of activities. We're doing lots of experimentation. These are just the two things we're going to do. Um, the first one is like our core business, which was doing really well. And the second was exploring some new stuff as well. So we were like, basically, we're going to have to reshape the whole business in order to hit these goals. Uh, we used an analogy. We use this a lot. They kind of can be hit or miss. So like, I guess try it with your team. Um, but on, on this one, to got Rocket Factory. We've got a basically stabilize our current rocket, which kept blowing up all the time. Um, and for security software, you don't want it to blow up. Second one is we got to build a new rocket. And the third one is got to make sure that the factory's running, running nice and smooth. Um, but I think, and this actually delivered like awesome results, like the pivot and the communication um, and all that stuff and constantly repeating it every week um, was, was super helpful. But the other thing that's super important is um, the people side of things. And um, another big takeaway is just that you've got to support, support, support your team. I'm sure you've all been doing this last two years. You're going to have to keep doing it for the next two. Um, but like basically being there and having a human touch to anything you need to do, whether it's really difficult uh, decisions like letting people go or even just changing the direction of the company, like there's a lot of anxiety and fear about what's going to happen in the next like couple years. So like you know, it's not about like, you know, comforting people and telling them it's going to be fine, but like just understanding that they're going to have a human reaction to this stuff as well, I think is, is super important. Um, so we, we ended the year like 2021 on a, on a real high, we'd hit our goals. It was great. And then obviously the Ukraine crisis happened that directly impacted like five of our team members. So who were in Ukraine and it had like shockwaves throughout the whole company. So we had to like figure out how, how do we support them? So we basically just said whatever they need. I think this slide's gone a bit funky, you can't really see it. But like basically whatever they needed, financially, physically, like extraction, whatever, we would, we would provide that. Because that for us was like our number one priority. This is our team. They've given us years of their life to like build our product and to create, create the company we are today. Like we have to be there for them. But like the impact of that like cascaded through the whole company. Um, but we did everything we possibly could. And, and thankfully we managed to get everyone to a good place um, and, and uh, power through that, which is good. But we also managed to improve performance, which is crazy. Like we, we were obviously expecting, we're just gonna like, you know, put our product on hold for a little while, just sort this stuff out. But actually people, people um, did really well and now they're in a, a really good place as well. Um, so that was a really important one, but then Obviously, just as we're coming out of that, sorry, it's a bit small on here, but just as we're coming out of that now in like this recession thing, this looming, you know, ominous thing, um, 
I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just show you a couple of slides, and this is kind of the format we use quite a lot during some of these challenging times, which was like, firstly, be like super honest, upfront, pragmatic about the challenges that you're facing as a company and what's going on in the world. Like, don't lie or try and hide that. And secondly, like reframe it in terms of like what, what's working well, like remind people what is working well. Um, and where you're, why you're positioned well in order to, to take on these challenges, or if you need to change, what you need to change in order to meet them. Um, my last bit on the recession is I think if you read any of the, the VC doomsday posts at the minute, which are like, you know, you've got to like conserve cash, etc. I think if you're nailing these three things, then you can keep growing uh, sustainably. So the first thing is having the right people, you've got the right people around you, you're not over headcount and you're cool. Uh, having solid unit economics, if you don't have solid unit economics, you should be pulling back. But if you do, then you should probably be doubling down on that. And the last one is make sure you've obviously got cash and support, and that can come in many formats. So um, last few minutes, I'm going to whiz through some tools, probably not in too much detail. Um, so toolkit, a little bit on raising. Um, little shout out for FounderPath, who gave us a load of cash and are going to give us loads more. We've raised about 10 million in cash, and we're, we're going to raise a lot more, probably in 10 million in the next few weeks. But FounderPath has been super helpful in giving us cash and continues to provide us cash, great terms, as you can see that, and super quick. And when the UK, we were so surprised. Um, that's our actual dashboard, that screenshot yesterday. So like you just go in and you slide it and you click give me cash and it drops in your bank account. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, and then you get this like scoring thing as well, which actually this is my, my favorite bit. They've got this unit economics, that's our actual dashboard. So they've got this unit economics dashboard and it's got like all your key metrics. We use a bunch of tools, but this one's quite useful and it's got the scoring in as well. So I'll talk a little bit about raising cash. Um, so that's like a snapshot of our cap table. We've got like 50 people on our cap table, it's huge. Um, angels, VCs, um, employees, founders, but just as a high level, some funny emojis there. Anyway, so this is, this is like a mix of the investors and just like think about your investor types. And I'd say if you're not exploiting angel shit, you don't have them on your cap table and they could be advisors don't need to give you cash or sit on your cap table. Angels have, we found have been the most helpful um, in terms of helping us figure out what to do with the business and just being there to support. Um, as you go down this list, less helpful. Um, more cash, less helpful. So, and also more expectations as you go down. I mean, your friends and family are like, okay, cool. You know, you're not homeless. Like you're still doing it. You're still doing well. So um, I'm going to skip over this last bit, which is like OKRs. If you're not using OKRs, check out OKRs. They're very cool. Um, and I'm just going to come down here because I think coffee is soon. Coffee breaks soon. Um, growing your team. So last bit on the team. Uh, obviously, no one's an island. Um, so on your culture, like try and create your culture from day zero. Like when we're like zero people, like one, one person, it's like think about what kind of company you want to work in and like build that. For, for me, that means like people come to work, they do good stuff and they have a smile on their face. They're happy to be there. A um, couple of things we've done with the team as well. Freedom Day. So in the UK, we had like severe lockdowns, like three months, you couldn't leave the house type thing. Um, and we had like this Freedom Day. We gave everyone the day off, took them on a boat. Um, so that was great. You know, obviously no productivity, but like massive long-term gains. Um, doing a retreat, we heard about this yesterday as well. Like just if you're, especially a remote team, like get everyone away once a year somewhere. You can do it for about 2K a person, um, but it's definitely worth the budget. 
Um, and ba basically the whole theme of this presentation, you see I'm not talking about any growth hacks or tricks, but like if you do all that stuff, then the results come, like people will do the right thing for the business, they will drive the numbers. You have to take difficult decisions along the way. Um, and obviously continue setting that vision, you know, they are never looking into the sky picture. So like that's, we're actually past three million. I, I think this deck was a little bit old, but um, you're about four and a half now. So, and we should hit about six by end of year. So like just continue focusing on like doing what you do. Um, so quick run through of this stuff. Is this flashing? Are they gonna like eject me off the stage? Um, anyway, so in, in the last 20 minutes, you've heard about like my personal journey, about some of the stuff that I failed epically on and managed to like pick up about constantly holding like that light up for your team, inspiring them, motivating them, dealing with challenging situations and, and helping the team to do that as well. Um, and a few a few tools in there as well. Um, last thing I'll leave you with is something I read on the internet. I can't remember where I read it, but it said like being, being a startup and being a founder is not a sprint or a marathon. It's actually both. It's like literally running as fast as you can for as long as you need to, till you get to your destination. So I think this is all about like how you execute smartly as a founder um so go forth do do some great stuff hopefully see you again next year thank you all very much